Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week we reviewed the 2000 movie How <laughs> the Grinch Ooh. Stole Christmas starring Jim Carrey. We talk about Jim Carrey impersonating Jim Carrey in this movie. We talk about how the future will look upon this movie and what it teaches us about Christmas. I asked Stephen if there are any likable characters in this movie and he has to answer it. We talk about how one of the best parts of this movie is how a single actor did his entire portion of this movie in one day. Guys, this movie's <laughs> bucket of bolts. All this and more on Movies on the Side. Movies worse than I remember. This week we reviewed the 2000 version of The Grinch titled How the Grinch Stole Christmas starring... Jim Carrey. <laughs> In our Grinch trifecta, Ugh. I was most excited for this Grinch. Grinchathon. I was most excited. The Grinchathon, the Grinch entity. <laughs> Sorry. What? I was trying to combine. What are you going for there? I was trying to combine Grinch and Trinity. So I was trying to say oh, Grinch entity. Okay. I don't know if that's yeah, a word that's, or not. That's... It's a little blasphemous. Anyway. <laughs> no, no. This, it's, it's from Matrix. The, it's yeah, yeah, from yeah. That's, Matrix. that's right. But Nate, how the Grinch stole Christmas. Okay. After seeing this movie this past week, yes. I feel as though I never actually sat down and watched it front to back. That's correct. <laughs> you had child eyes, and now you saw it with adult eyes. I had adolescent eyes, and also I remembered few scenes vividly. The audacity, the unmitigated gall. The impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall. You've called out the thunder. Like, I remember lines like that. Right. And certain scenes. Cuff me. Are you going to cuff me? Rolfrey? Blind me with pepper spray? Aren't you going to cuff me? Put me in a chokehold? Blind me with pepper spray? <laughs> I must stop this Christmas from coming. But how? I mean, in what way? Yeah, I, uh, I remember these lines. Yeah, like they're ingrained in my brain. But watching the movie. Like, we just sat down and watched this movie as a family. We just sat down Ooh. and watched it. Ugh. And let me tell you, I am afraid uh -huh. for my children's psyche. Correct. After seeing, after seeing this movie. It did things to us that we're not even aware of in our minds. Nate, this probably explains everything. So here's the thing. I still laughed at this movie. What? I still chuckled many times, as did my wife. Oh, and your children uh the kids like oh no start pack it up start it over <laughs> when we started this movie my middle son asher he was like i don't think i like this one i was like do you even remember <laughs> do you even remember what it's like and he said i remember he laughs really funny <laughs> i was like okay and so after the grinch after jim carrey does his laugh a couple times <laughs> asher was like that's that's what i was talking about it's like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, pretty, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Okay, I think we should talk about some of the really weird things about this movie. Oh, front to back. Front to back, this movie, like the camera shots of this movie, the way they do angles and quick moves, zooms into faces, there's a lot of spins. There's a lot of spins in this movie. Like, I was afraid my kids were going to get nauseous watching this movie. It's a little amusement ride -y. It's like the whole thing is a dream. Like, there's this haze almost throughout the whole movie i turned my i turned my screen up i watched it on an ipad pro right i believe it's a good size screen i turned this the lighting up because i thought to myself 
man, these blacks aren't what they used to be on this iPad, apparently. (laughs) But you're right. It has a a backlot haze upon it all. Almost like a a Blade Runner feel throughout the whole movie. Yeah, it's got a... It's the closest thing to a Tim Burton Batman sort of vibe of everything's got this back lot, someone smoking off camera and creating a little bit of a haze on all of it. And so it it makes you feel uneasy. The who's look a little weirder than I remember. Mm. And like every, every shot, it just, it doesn't feel right. Like something's always a little off. And so I, I didn't like that feeling. Dreamlike is right. Yeah, yeah it's dreamlike. Nightmare-like. <laughs> Early scenes of this movie, which are largely the ones that I forgot. Jim Carrey is the Grinch. He comes across as a little weird and like when he's in the mailroom. Yeah. And like Cindy Lou Who is about to go through like a wood chipper or whatever that is, the present thing. Right. It feels like a little, a little too violent, a little too like edgy. And that, that was the whole feeling I got from the movie is like, oh, this doesn't feel like a kid's movie. This is not a, oh, right. This is not for kids. Absolutely. I don't know. And then that mask that he wears, that's like a little clown mask, like that thing's creepy. It's very Joker esque. Yeah. Very uh, The Purge. And as I look at some of these stills on IMDb, like it, it is. It is creepy. It is. A, it's very creepy. I'll just give that. Yes. But I don't know something about oh, no. un, unhinged Jim Carrey in this oh, role. No. Some of the lines are still funny. Like there's still <sighs> real. There's quips. Like one of the things he says early on in this movie: "Juvenile delinquents." Mm-hmm. Like that's funny. Right. And then when he's walking through the town, one of the who's goes to Jim Carrey, "Merry Christmas," and he just says, "Is it?" And like he has these like little quicks. Quick quips and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Okay, well, okay. Wait. We need to stop and talk about Jim Carrey right here. Yeah. This is an SNL sketch, or I guess Jim Carrey was on Mad TV, or what? whatever he was on. Whatever he was on, whatever he was on, yeah. This is just an improv exercise of Jim Carrey. This whole movie is at least an hour of Jim Carrey that forced by, do you know this is a Ron Howard directed movie? I couldn't believe it. I saw that at the beginning. I saw it at the beginning and I couldn't believe it. Right. So much of this movie, I have to imagine, is Ron Howard sitting back and basically saying, all right, Jim, at the end of the scene, I need you to get from this space to that bed. I need you to like basically mention how you hate Christmas and you have 20 seconds to do it. (laughs) We're going to film you 18 times in the most uncomfortable makeup in the world that you spent two hours getting put on your face. Two hours? It's probably eight hours. It was a two-hour process every day putting it on, one hour taking it off. Wow. Every day. I guess because it's more suit than makeup. Right. I mean, his face is makeup. but Right. He did did this. He was in this Grinch makeup for 93 days. (laughs) (laughs) That would drive anybody crazy. Right. Which, I mean, Jim Carrey's already... Unhinged a little Jim bit. Jim Carrey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so it is so much of the movie of him just being like, all right, do it. and But do it funny. There is no movement in this movie that he just does. Everything is a strut or a walk or a thing or a, like every facial expression is... Make it funny. What's going to happen is if you put Jim Carrey, who is a naturally... I would say a funny person. Yeah. If you put him in front of a camera for an hour and just say, be funny, 
you're going to just fall upon funny lines, funny improv quips, and funny faces. But there is such an overload of Jim Carrey doing everything in a quote-unquote funny way that I think 90% of the time I can't stand it. It is Jim Carrey doing an impersonation of Jim Carrey. (laughs) Doing an impersonation of a combination of, I think, Sean Connery and maybe Jimmy Stewart. And then the rest of it is like, yeah, you're going to fall upon a lot of large improv numbers. You're going to fall upon a funny line here and there. Uh, But I found most of it kind of unbearable. Most of it is not funny. And I will tell a a quick anecdote. A tale of two friends. Mm -hmm. In college, in my group of friends, there were two friends, two guys. Mm -hmm. One made jokes constantly. Yes. We all have that. (laughs) If you didn't have that, you are that in your friend group. (laughs) That's right. If you don't know who the weird one in the family is, it's probably you. Mm-hmm. One made jokes constantly. One said one joke a week. Now, yes. the one who made one joke a week always got a laugh. Yep. The one who made jokes constantly got a laugh every once in a while. It was a law of averages. It was enough to keep them going. It was enough to sustain them. <laughs> that's enough, yes. And I think that's what we're saying is that is Jim Carrey in this movie. Yes. Where if you drop enough napalm... You'll hit the target, but you might burn an entire movie in the process. I, I mean, I think that's what it was. This is a Jim Carrey napalm uh, bomb in this movie, and for the most part, I felt kind of in the Jim Carrey splash zone for much of this movie, and I was uncomfortable with it. Yeah, I will also say, you ever see The Mask? Jim Carrey. This felt like, hey, do a slightly more kids version of The Mask, where you're a little bit less aggressive. And a little less uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. But it's still not, it's still, it's supposed to be a PG movie. No. But it's kind of, Jim Carrey, I think, can't quote unquote cook in a PG movie. So I think we're getting like the, apparently there was something about like he felt a little ashamed at how much of his kind of adultish comedy made it into the movie. Yeah. Apparently the studio, this is a, a year before Shrek, maybe a progenitor to the like, it's kind of a kid's movie, but the adults are going to like understand that when those adults are putting keys in a, a thing, it's a swinging thing. Like, okay. Okay. okay uh, like right, that's for them right there. That's exactly what it's for. So I told my friends at work that we were, we were doing this movie mm-hmm. and friend of the show, Matt Glover was like, did you see when they were dropping keys in the fishbowl? Yeah. And I said, I never remember that scene, but I did see it this time. And I assumed it was because the who's are getting inebriated and they're not driving home. Right. And nope. Mr. More Glover, to it. <laughs> Mr. Glover corrected me and said, no, no, no. Filled you in on the ways of the world. <laughs> that is a key party. And he explained to what it is. And I said, yes. well, that's not appropriate at all. And <laughs> I thought to myself, okay. And so I'll also tell you. So I watched this with all my kids, my wife, uh-huh. and my parents. <laughs> we watched this at, oh, nice. we watched this at nice, their house. Nice, nice, nice. Elise left the room after a certain point. Yeah, One, too scary. She said this as she walked out. She said, this Grinch isn't nice at all. <laughs> and An Elise Robles review. We just watched the 2018 animated Grinch. Yeah. And, and that Grinch has nice moments throughout. Yes, he, he does. He has the turn later. But this Grinch, Jim Carrey, in the 2000 How the Grinch Stole Christmas, he's not nice at all until the very, very end. And even then... Not super nice. Still kind of creepy. Scary eyes. And so maybe that is the most apt uh, evaluation of this movie. This Grinch is not nice. Yeah. (laughs) Ever. He's not nice. And so anyway, the the key party 
it totally blew my mind that that was in this movie. Like yep. even even as a nod to the adults watching this movie with their kids, that feels like out there. Yep. Like why would you do that? And then the scenes when he's like eating glass as the Grinch, like right. that's weird. That's a little cringy. You know, some of the stuff in his cave, it's like either painful or almost feels like torture chamberish. It's dark. It's very dark. It's way. very creepy. Like Batman cave, but. Like from yeah, bizarre, very world. Tim Burton. It's all very Tim Burton, very Edward Scissorhands, very yeah. like which would be an adult movie, not a kids movie. Like Edward Scissorhands, exactly. Some people might have a different opinion, but I wouldn't show my kids there were Scissorhands at the moment, you know. Right. So, and then you had mentioned as we were talking about the 2018 Grinch and Max the dog, you had said violence on the animals doesn't, you know, wouldn't play, play as today, well. right? And I really didn't know what you were talking about. Like I didn't remember why you said that in relation uh-huh. to probably this Grinch movie that we were watching yeah. with Jim Carrey. And then I saw Jim Carrey, like, throw the dog out the door and into the snow, and I was like, that's weird. And also, pick a grown dog up by, like, the scruff of the neck. Yeah. It felt weird. Yeah. That does not age well. And Correct. Again, like, a lot of those things just shouldn't have made it. Shouldn't have made the cut. Man. Also... I didn't remember this, but when I told my wife that we were going to watch this, and by we, I said, I don't have to subject you to this. I can watch this by myself. She watched about 15 minutes, and she, much like your daughter, walked away and was like, ah, this is worse than I even remember. And I didn't like it when I first saw it. Yeah. Uh, But she said, isn't there, what's the, like, there's like one who that's kind of... uh, scantily clad who and I was like well, I don't remember any who like that mm. but like then Martha May's character as his quote unquote love interest is constantly swooning like that's a weird take her kind of character did I have a crush on the Grinch <laughs> well of course not I didn't ask you that it's a we again for a supposed kids movie I don't know supposed, supposed. I think it was maybe meant to be like a teenage date movie of the year 2000, uh, which, by the way, I think it's the number one movie selling movie ticket of 2000. Everyone saw this movie. I remember seeing this movie in theaters. Really? So whatever the marketing for it worked because a ton of people saw this movie in the year 2000. I mean, that was like the height of Jim Carrey's powers, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. Anyway, we, we should talk about that. The Martha Mayhew character in a moment. But I do want to mention just a couple things that I thought were good in this version. I liked Oof. Anthony Hopkins as the narrator. Yes. I thought his voice was excellent. At the end, he is going to get a lot of the credit for my rating because <laughs> yes. Anthony Hopkins' voice saying the, the Dr. Seuss Grinch story is... Mm. Yes. Way up in the mountains, in the high range of pontoos, lay the small town of Whoville. Real-time follow-up, How the Grinch Stole Christmas was the number one grossing movie of 2000. You are correct. Yeah. And not by like a little bit, by like $50 million. More than, can you guess the number two movie or one of the ones in the top five? Was the Matrix around there? Matrix was 1999. Oh. Mission Impossible 2 was second. Mm. Gladiator was third. <laughs> the Perfect Storm was fourth. Poor Gladiator. And other movies that year, like the first X-Men, Remember the Titans, The Patriot, Gone in 60 Seconds, Castaway. So many better movies. These, they're good movies in 2000, Nate. Right. Like these are The Green Mile yeah. was in 2000. Oh, Nate. This is a this is a travesty. But other than 
other than some of them, not necessarily movies you can take the whole family to in theaters. And this would, right. I would say, maybe be the height of the movie theater, mm. at least in my life. It, this was like early 2000s was the, like the movie theater was the place yeah. to go. I mean, Men of Honor, Toy Story mm. 2. Mm. These are like a pitch black with Vin Diesel. Don't. No. Had to throw that in there. Okay. So in addition to Anthony Hopkins as the narrator. Okay, yeah. He was great. He was great. Do you know? Yes. He filmed his lines or recorded his lines. In his basement. One day. <laughs> one day, yeah. I could, I could in imagine. One day. <laughs> I could imagine. Anthony Hopkins. Can you imagine? I put in one day and I got to be maybe one of the best parts of this movie, whereas Jim Carrey did 93 days in an unbearably hot rubber <laughs> latex suit. I would love to have heard the call where Ron Howard calls up Anthony Hopkins. He said, listen, I just need you for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Can we pay you millions of dollars for eight hours of you just talking? Right. You don't have to be on screen. And Anthony Hopkins like, well, who's going to be in it? You'll, Jim Carrey. No, <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> And then Ron Howard says, okay, we'll pay you $50 million. Anthony Hopkins says, maybe, and he hangs up the phone. That's how that conversation went. Right. All you have to do is read the Dr. Seuss book just in front of a microphone. <laughs> I won't even give you any direction. Just read it. It'll be good. We'll send someone to your house. You don't even have to get out of exactly. bed. Exactly. Just sit exactly. in bed and talk into this microphone. Okay. Aside from Anthony Hopkins being good, I thought, and this goes to your point about the last movie, the version of You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a good version in this movie. Correct. Jim Carrey, again, one of the few times Jim Carrey is funny. Your heart's on empty hole. Just face the music, you're a monster. Mr. Grinch. Yes, you are. Your heart's on empty hole. Your brain is full of spatters. Yes, that was great. Okay, so you agree. That was another good part. I think that was a good part. Yes. Oh, oh, we're going through all the good parts. Hold on just a second. Let me think. Pull out your list of three three bullet points. Good parts from the movie. Again, a couple of the funny lines I'll recall when he's in the cave and like everything's being echoed back to him. And then he finally says, I'm an idiot. And the voice comes back. You're an idiot. That's funny. I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. Yeah. Funny is a strong word for it. It is something. It produces a chuckle. I'll just say that. It's a lot of like cheap laughs. There's some cheap laughs. When he dresses up Max, he puts the reindeer nose and the single antler, and he pretends to be like mm-hmm. a director. He does a Ron Howard impression. He does the Ron Howard, yes. But he says, you know, he says, give him motivation, yada, yada. And then the dog just like flicks off the red nose. And then he stands up. And he says, yes. brilliant. I thought that was funny. I mean, for the amount of screen time he has, he does say some good lines. I think if you surround enough of these funny lines, which I think there are some, I would say probably a total of 15 throughout the movie, but they're followed, surrounded by a bunch of like not great, in some ways distasteful to me, not like morally, but like distasteful, like uh, I don't enjoy watching this. It kind of ends with me not even enjoying the good parts because it's like finding the, the needle within the Jim Carrey haystack. Even at the end... So when he finally, his heart grows three sizes, uh-huh. like there were a couple chuckles there. He's like, you know, he's just like, I'm feeling like that was funny. But then like he's supposed to be good. And so it's slightly heartwarming moments. You know, Cindy Lou Who's at the top of the sleigh with all the presents and she's about to fall to her doom. And he like. That's a different. Yeah, that's a nice little part where I do have to say where he goes, well, it's just Christmas toys. Right. And then he looks up and it's her. That felt like a genuine 
emotion that Jim Carrey communicated. Yeah, sure. So that was good. But then when he gets back into town, like it's fun to see him slaying back into town and all that. When when Martha May who like gives the ring back to the mayor guy, uh-huh. and then she goes to the Grinch, and then the Grinch like goes to shake the mayor's hands and then laughs in his face. Yeah. And when he turned to me, she was like, "Well, that wasn't nice either." <laughs> like, <laughs> for the at this point in the movie, the Grinch is supposed to be nice, and he's still kind of being a jerk. So You're right, two sides to that coin. But anyway, yeah, okay, that was all the good stuff. Now let's get to the bad stuff. Okay, I thought we talked about those. <laughs> I have no, I have some more things. On adult viewing here, Cindy Lou Who, that poor child actress, looks the part of Cindy Lou. Absolutely. Not a great actress at that age. Mm. Maybe went on to do other things. It made me pine for the last Grinch 2018, Cindy Lou Who, who actually had some more personality. She, I think she struggled and the fact that there is a whole scene dedicated to her singing Where Are You Christmas. Yeah. As she kind of looks off camera at i assume the the cue card person or her parent yeah it was a little painful on viewing watching oh your acting chops aren't quite there yet so the the actress taylor momsen she's 27 years old by the way at at this moment in time i know we're all so old i know we feel i feel very old the pictures of her on imdb is like freakish because it's like wait a minute she's supposed to be a You're small, an adult she's supposed to be a small <laughs> child but she didn't really do much after this she was in we were soldiers and then she was in some tv things and that's it i wasn't gonna call that out Stephen. i was going to kind of leave the listener with the assumption that she went on to have a very successful career oh. in the acting industry and not be like oh by the way she was a failure at the rest of it too <laughs> the last thing she was in is the tv series that ended in 2012 and then she was in two video shorts in 2014 because i just assume that taylor momson's gonna listen to this episode now i feel bad she might it's punching down versus punching up no she no, she better she's, hollywood career than she's i've on ever imdb had. with yeah a known for section we don't have a known for section i do have to say one more positive thing because we're trying to be fair and balanced <laughs> okay is that i love the makeup artist Kazu Hero, mm. I follow on Instagram because he has done amazing prosthetic work. He did Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill. If you ever saw that movie, I haven't I seen it yet. No, it's like the longest hour or something. He does like these modern, beautiful prosthetics. He did the the latex for or the the face work for Jim Carrey. Apparently there's a story about Jim Carrey just being a nightmare to work with mm. when it comes to putting on makeup. He almost quit the show. I have to give a shout out to Kazuhiro is that that face had to go through so much Jim Carrey rubber faced expressions and probably beat up a lot with physical comedy and it gets a lot of screen time. And overall it is creepy, but it holds up. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think it's pretty good. It's just, it's just not enjoyable to look at so much. But as far as an artistic Kazuhiro, well done. So I have to read this one piece of trivia. Producer and director Ron Howard was so thankful for Jim Carrey putting up with the uncomfortable hours to apply his makeup that during filming he put on the Grinch suit with full makeup and directed one day with the suit on. He intended this to be a show of appreciation to Carrey. However, when Jim Carrey saw Ron Howard in full Grinch outfit, he was angered, believing it was a stunt double 
who looks nothing like him. I think that sounds like a real fun place to work. Oh my goodness, Stephen! I need you to answer me this. Riddle me this. Yeah, he was the Riddler in Batman, so that's my Jim Carrey mm-hmm. tie-in. Oh, that's good. That's good. Stephen. What are the who are the most likable characters in this movie? Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> He's a voice in the wind. And I, I'm going to stand by this. Listen, it is super weird. It is Jim Carrey unhinged. But I still say like for 15 to 12% of this movie, mm-hmm. I like seeing Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Okay. For those few moments when he is funny. Yeah. And like when he checks his voicemail, the outgoing message, that's kind of funny. Better check the outgoing. If you utter so much as one syllable, I'll hunt you down and gut you like a fish. So you like the Grinch's character in this movie. You find the character likable, even though he's 12 a Twelve to fifteen percent. Twelve to fifteen percent, and likable. Anyone else in this movie? Um, I mean, there are moments where I think Cindy Lou Who does a good Cindy Lou Who. She stands there and says, "Santa." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when she first goes to the Grinch's house and you know tells him like, "You want an award." An award? You know, I think that's that's a nice moment. Okay. It's okay. Okay. Other than that... Anyone else? Um, not really. I don't think so. Yeah. Is there someone that you like? No. I mean, that's... <laughs> that's it, right? That's sort of the thing is, like, there is no fleshed out character in a way that makes me go like, oh, yeah, I enjoy seeing them on screen. There's really no one... I mean, like you said, Jim Carrey has bits of a line, but for the most part, it's a slog through for me thinking like, ah. Oh, all right, I guess I need to watch another scene of Lou Lou Who. Can I, can I tell you the, the character that angered me the most is when they're doing the flashbacks of the Grinch as a kid, which are also kind of creepy, and the Grinch tries to shave himself with one of the most terrifying razors you could ever see. Yeah. And he butchers it. And then there's the funny scene where, he, where the teacher says, take the bag off your head, and then he puts the book in front of it, and then he moves the book, and his foot is in front of his face. Like That's kind of a fun gag. Yeah, everyone is worried about him being hairy, but he's also green, and no one else is green. <laughs> and, and like, but anyway, a, carry on. Of all the hair he has, like the beard part seemed the least offensive. Not prominent, exactly. Yeah. But when he finally reveals his face, and all the kids laugh at him for saying it's such a hack job, the teacher laughs too. Ugh. Like The teacher laughs at him, and that teacher... That's bad. That that was not nice. I, that, of all the not nice things in this movie, mm, that was the that least was nice. Bad. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't like the flashbacks very much. Maybe the little Jim Henson puppet of Baby Grinch was fun, where he bit the Santa. That was weird too, the, though. I got I got a, a dinosaurs feeling, you know, with the yes, oh the yes, not the mama sort yeah, of. Thing. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't like I didn't like the baby one. And then like when they're floating down in the little parasols, and he one of the other kids like hits his basket, and then he has that creepy laugh <laughs> mm-hmm. that was weird yeah you're right maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't that great also i did enjoy the line where when he meets the two women that raised him and he goes you're still alive yeah, <laughs> yeah. see this this again 12 percent. 12 percent. i give it 12 percent. all right should we rate this movie nate yeah let's do it all right well nate let's rate this movie on a scale i'm trying to think when he is trying to drown out the song of the who's Mm-hmm. He throws some nuts and bolts in four different blenders. And I feel like that is what is done in this movie. Jim Carrey mm. thrown into a blender and to see what comes oh, out. Oh, yeah. Insightful, Stephen. Thank, thank you. On a scale of zero to five blenders. Nate, you go first. <laughs> Tell us what you rated. Um, 
I think I'm going to give this movie, it's either one half or one blender for me. Like 0.5 or one? I think I'm going to give this movie one blender. Half of it's Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Sir Anthony Hopkins. Doing a great narration. And the other half might be the few lines that Jim Carrey lands in this movie. Everything else, I didn't like rewatching it one bit. It is not... I think enjoyable enough for kids. It's creepy. It's too creepy for kids. It's not funny enough for adults. To be fair, I just don't need this movie in my life. <laughs> is what really what I think is like. I don't need to watch this movie again. I don't want to think of it as part of any sort of canon. It's a huge, huge set on the back lot. It's a huge, huge endeavor. It made a ton of money. And I just want it to stay in 2000. And I'm okay if it just kind of stays right back there as a movie and the fact that i brought it into 2020 by watching it feels like i did this movie a disservice it should have remained back 20 years ago (laughs) one blender of bolts and nuts i just saw one of the pictures on imdb is the screen grab of him like holding the sleigh above his head in triumph Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a. You know they talked about putting a CG dog in this movie instead of Max. A 2000. And CG I saw dog. the C. Yeah, I saw the CG in this movie. It was always very apparent when it was used. Oh. I cannot imagine them being able to pull off a CG dog no. in 2000. No, definitely not. <sighs> I don't hate this movie as much as you. It's not good, as you said. Like rewatchability. Now having seen the 2018 versus the 2000, give me the 2018 one. You know, way over this one. I have to retrospectively, <laughs> I I have grown fond of the 2018 one in a in a week because I was like, yeah, that wasn't too bad. Actually, by the way, my impression of the Grinch from a week ago, yeah. I think has actually aged, aged pretty well. Aged well. <laughs> I, I'll have to say that that one was better. I forget what I gave it, but I'm going to say this 2000 How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I'm going to give it a two. Mm. It's I know it's higher than yours. One is mm. Anthony Hopkins. I know you only gave him a half a point. He was in for one day. And your other half is my other whole one, which is the funny lines that Jim Carrey said. But did you enjoy watching this? Like, would you recommend if someone said, I've never seen this movie before, should I see it? I would. What do you say? I would not recommend for any kind of child audience. Like, one of the the things that made it difficult to enjoy on this rewatching is I was constantly thinking, is this traumatizing my kids? (laughs) Are they going to have a nightmare? Sure, and sure, so sure. that thought in the back of my mind, it's like, don't watch this with kids. Now, if you have never seen this movie and you are one of those millennial couples, millennials, millennial <laughs> couples, you know, maybe you're dating someone, maybe you're married, maybe you're in your mid 20s and you've never seen the 2000 Grinch. I don't think it's a bad idea to see it. I think it's worth it. I think you need to brace yourself. Like, don't think you're seeing some normal movie like this is weird Mm -hmm. this is a weird movie but i think it's safe to say that you will chuckle a few times maybe even like laugh and this is tough maybe we should end too by saying whether we feel like this is a i know your answer but is this like a canonical christmas movie one that should be seen as part of the christmas season right and i think the reason why i give it a two instead of a one like yourself is i would say yes like I think just like some bad literature is part of the canon of classics because of what it is, mm-hmm. that even though this isn't a great movie, maybe not even a good movie, I think this is a canonical movie. It is the highest grossing Christmas movie at the time since 1990s Home Alone. Yeah. 
And if you ever, like, if this episode is listened to years from now and Jim Carrey has stopped making movies, maybe he's deceased at this point, it's 2049. Oh, boy. No, no, no. It's 2049. It's the last year of our podcast making. Mm -hmm. uh, Jim Carrey has passed many years ago. This is the future now. If someone wanted to say, I want to know what Jim Carrey was like, I would, mm. I would say, if you want to see raw Jim Carrey, you need to watch. Watch Liar Liar. Well, maybe, but... I think the 2000 How the Grinch Stole Christmas is really seeing through the looking glass, <laughs> really kind of looking past. It's a parody of Jim Carrey by Jim Carrey. <laughs> looking past any layer of abstraction. You're not looking through any prism. There's no reflection of light. You are seeing the pure essence of Jim Carrey on display for one hour and 40 minutes. I don't know, the 2000 How the Grinch Stole Christmas. What a long movie. What a far too long movie. It was, a, yeah, it was, it was long. It did feel long. But anyway, I would say it's canonical. I think it's a canonical Christmas movie, even if it's not good. Like, it's, it's one of those Christmas movies. Like, I don't think you could ignore this. I don't think you could say, here are the canonical Christmas movies. You got Miracle on 34th Street, The Santa Claus. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You got Noel with Anna Kendrick. No, just kidding. Not really. <laughs> it's not really canon. See, I would say that is less canon than this one. I would say this is more canon. And I would rather watch Noel again than watch this movie I again. would too. I'm not saying it's a, it's a quality judgment. I'm just saying it's a <laughs> canonical judgment. Okay, I understand. There's books in the Bible, Nate, that are problematic, but they are still canon. That's all I'm saying. Canon. Okay, so what you're saying is, yeah. to me, is this. In history class, you're going to have to look at some history that is either not fun right. to study right. or not enjoyable at all, yeah. but it is still part of history. And what you're saying is that in the Christmas movie history, this movie is a signpost. Whether you want to look at it or not, you need to study the signpost. <laughs> That's right. In 20 years from now, the year 2020 is going to be in a history book, and there's going to be stuff about it, <laughs> just like there's stuff about the bubonic plague and the Dark Ages and the Inquisition. So awesome. Have you, <laughs> the after the year 2000, what other signpost Christmas movies have there been? And the only one I can think of at the moment is Elf. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, all these new ones are like... Not the Hallmark ones. They don't matter. Oh, my goodness. No, that's terrible. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, the Polar Express, which I've never seen. Some would put that in the canon. Apparently, there was a 2009 Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey. Maybe we need to do that as a follow-up. <sighs> I know. I need some distance from Jim Carrey after this. I would say Elf is the one additional canonical Christmas movie. Right. I really like the Anna Kendrick movie. Family Stone gets a lot of love. I, I enjoy Family Stone. That's pretty Christmassy, but not not canonically Christmas. How, yeah, I would say Elf is the only other one. There's not been a good staple since. So that again, even more reason why the 2000 How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a signpost, a sign of warning to all who may enter. Uh, now I've, I've gotten lost in the internets because I have found a movie entitled Last Christmas from last year that includes what Amelia Clark what and Henry Golding from Crazy Rich Asians it's called Last Christmas Last Christmas 2019 Stephen it kind of calls to me I love both of these actors now I've seen someone post about this movie recently saying it was very good <gasps> but even this like this is probably really good but I wouldn't say this it can't be canon sure you know what I mean I think it has to have some kid friendliness in order to be canon well yeah that but also like you're not putting bad santa into this list like i feel like a love story 
isn't part of what makes a movie Christmas canonical. Yeah, like it's generosity, kindness to the poor, and maybe family. I'll be home for family is like a lot of the Hollywood themes. Some reflection on your life, you know. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. All right, Christmas Carol. Well, listeners, you must tell us uh, who is right. Is it well? We both didn't like this movie, but what did you think about the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey 2000 movie? Tell us. Comment on Instagram. We are at Movies on the Side. You can also tweet or Facebook at us at Movies on the Side as well. If you have not yet, we highly recommend giving us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And also share the podcast as you share your holiday spirit all around. You know, just link to our movies. Don't forget to check out our Die Hard episode, too. I'm going to put a link again to that because I'm still very proud of that episode. Mm -hmm. And don't forget, we have bonus episodes every week. If you'd like to hear Nate and I pontificate and talk about all kinds of things, you can support the show at patreon.com slash movies on the side. And as we always say, This week, Stephen and I will both do our best Jim Carrey as the Grinch impressions. I have texted him a line to say, I will go first, and then Stephen will go, and then next week we will sing the song. But here we go. I'll go first. <clears throat> and they'll feast, 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 feast. They'll eat a who pudding and wear who goes beast. But that's something I just cannot stand in the least. Oh no, I'm speaking in rhyme. <clears throat> and they'll feast, feast. Beast. They'll eat their who pudding and rare who roast beasts. But that's something I just cannot stand in the least. Oh no, I'm speaking in rhyme. Very good. Thank you. I think you did a better Jim Carrey one. I was thinking. I think I was doing a generic Grinch. <laughs> you were doing generic Grinch until the I'm speaking in rhyme, which was actually spot on Jim Carrey. Thank you. Perfect.